much is that doggy in the window, the song says, right? Well, it's a lot, unless the government subsidizes you. Why do people own pets when they can't afford them? That's my big question. You can answer it for me at uh, 721-1340, 721-1340. But it looks like veterinarians in South Carolina are a bit upset, and I would be too if I was them, okay? Because they find out, the government finds out what essential services is needed to take care of a pet, and they pay these organizations like ASPCA. The reason you can get a, uh, a, um, uh, a spay and neuter done cheaper there, guess what? The government gives these people money. Go to a vet, they don't get it. Reminds me of when they built the gyms around here, okay? They're competing with the gyms. Oh, well, we'll, we'll build a city gym for city employees. Really? You're going to compete with the private sector by using tax money to build something that, that somebody else can't use? That's what I don't like. On the phone me right now from Creekside Veterinarians, it's Jan Crow. Hey, Jan. Hey, Rocky. What's up? Um, I don't understand. Uh, now, now, you've got a guy on your side here. I just talked to him earlier today, Representative David Hyatt. He wants to come on on Thursday. We're going to have a big discussion about this tomorrow. But tell me what's going on here. I mean, why why is it you can, <laughs> why is it you can get um, – why is it the Animal Society and all that stuff? Why do they get government money to do what you do, and then they do it worse than you do it? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you have people that apply for grants, and then you have the SPCAs, and their mission has always been pet population control, mm-hmm. and that is subsidized. They write grants, they get money, they get the funds. Um, it used to be, I've been in practice for 30 years uh, mm-hmm. since I graduated, and I've seen a lot of changes from when they got a little bit of money, now they get a lot of money. And they seem to be having more and more things that they do that are in competition with the private veterinarians mm-hmm. who don't get that funding. Well, the problem is, is that how much does it cost to have, say, a dog? Now, here's another thing, too. If you have a dog that's a shih tzu, and right. getting that dog, and it's a boy dog, getting that dog um, neutered is a lot different than having, you know, uh, an Irish wolfhound neutered, is it not? Absolutely. One size doesn't fit all. No, it takes more time, it requires more anesthetics, it requires mm-hmm. more oxygen, and I mean, the way that private veterinarians do spays and neuters are somewhat different mm-hmm. in the staff allotted to each pet and the numbers that we do. Um, for example, my staff, I'll have two technicians, uh, one doctor and one veterinary assistant for each patient, and mm-hmm. that, that patient is with two technicians and an assistant and a doctor from start to finish. Uh, right. At the SPCA, they're having to do high volume, high numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of get them in, get them done, get them out next. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if. And not to mention, they don't even pay taxes on employees because they get a lot of volunteers in there. Right. There's very few people at these uh, shelters and things. And I support the shelters. They do some good work. They take in strays, you know. We support them, too. Yeah, but the thing is, they shouldn't be, the government shouldn't be undercutting privately owned businesses. Right, and I mean, to, to that point, we agree. Um, I agree that they have their mission, and I think that as things have changed, a lot of practices have geared away, away from trying to compete with the shelters. We can't compete with them on an equal level. We mm-hmm. don't have the funding, so we do not compete for those spays and neuters, and we don't compete just for the vaccines. Unless you have the funding, you just can't do it. Um, It's impossible because we have set expenses. We don't get discounted meds. We don't get discounted vaccines. We pay full price, and thereby our our clients have to pay full price. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know it's it's fine for them to do what they do for population control. Uh, we're the guys who are here to do the follow-ups if something doesn't go right, and we're the guys that are here from start to finish until to care for those pets and into their old age. So mm-hmm. we gear our medical practice more towards the medical issues, the emergencies, and all of the other things that go on besides population control. Yeah, and uh, you often, yeah, you, 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 get, you get the animal after somebody screws it up because what happens is if they go in and they try to spay or neuter their pet and then the thing gets infected, you can't take that back. Correct. There, you have to take it over to you. I mean, um, it, it depends on which, uh, which uh, place you're going to and which one you're dealing with, but mm-hmm. for the most part, we do see a lot of aftercare cases where something has gone wrong, and we are told by our, you know, our clients that they called them back and they were told, no, you'll have to go see your regular veterinarian. We don't do the post-op exams. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and, and that's different because veterinarians do follow-up exams. We do follow-up phone calls. Mm-hmm. We do pain medications. And when we have clients that cannot afford what we have to charge to accomplish a spay or a neuter here, if they have to go to a discounted spay-neuter clinic, we, we don't tell them not to, they go ahead and go, but we often will have them do a pre a wellness check with us beforehand, mm-hmm. get their blood work done here, and we will tell them to come by and get pain medication for after that procedure. Well, and the other thing is now what they're doing is these, um, and, I, and, I, and I, I support the clinics who do these free clinic stuff, you know, like the shelters and all that, but now they're starting to do mobile veterinary services. Okay, I've seen this now. Right. So now they're going out into areas... They're basically stealing your customers, and make and they're using government money to do this. Right, and I, I think that's where a lot of people um, would feel they cross the line. And I, I haven't had that help in, happen immediately in my area. I know it has gone in in Somerville, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're really kind of overstepping the boundaries there. Uh, I think they need to stay true to their mission, and we stay true to ours. You know, we're all about getting every pet medical care mm-hmm. uh, and that's what they're there for uh, but I don't think that they they really don't distinguish between someone who can afford it and someone who cannot afford it yeah that's that's the problem there plus I'm telling you I don't mind these places but they receive public monies and if they're going to do that they should not be doing anything that puts private companies out of work um, and the thing is that uh what they do is is it's not a level playing field to begin with, and according to uh, one of your people from the South Carolina Veterinarians Association, mm-hmm. um, his quote is they've become f- these missions, you know, the these uh, shelters. They've be and here's a quote: they've become fundraising machines. <laughs> right, yes, most of the people in there are looking for funds, and well, they do that with us too. You know, they're always looking for help, and I'm willing to help them, but I'm going to give them a sideways glance now. I mean, they can't give meds to they, – they, they don't hand out meds for dogs, do they? I don't – well, I don't know that. I can't answer that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what do you do when people come in? Do you, t- you know, what, do you, what can you say? You don't want the shelters to stop operating. Oh, not at all. They, they definitely have a service that they provide, and they have a mission. I think that, you know, unfortunately – it's, I think it's sad that we have worked well with them for so long, and in the Charleston area, I think veterinarians locally have worked very well with the shelters and the rescue groups, mm-hmm. and we really haven't had that many issues. I think the, the majority of the problems are actually originating in the mid and the upstate, mm-hmm. uh, and that has been going on for quite some time, and there's a lot more overstepping of the boundaries up there. 
Um, every local veterinarian that I know here is highly supportive of the SPCAs and all the rescue groups. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, hopefully we can uh, we can we can work all work together here. But I don't know. I mean, what does it cost to spay and neuter a uh, I don't know a Dalmatian at your place? Well, as far as our cost and expense wise, mm-hmm. um, or what we charge the client, uh, we're probably here. We're probably closer to the range of around three to four hundred dollars by mm-hmm. the time it's all said and done mm-hmm. with lab work. Um, full monitoring, ECG, and all of the bells and whistles that we do. They're treated just like a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on gas anesthesia. You know, they, they have everything done just as it is in a human hospital. Mm-hmm. IV fluids, you know, everything. Right. So, yeah, you guys got everything going over there. It's not just snip, snip, see you, see you, Rover. Right. It's, it's not just <laughs> an IM injection and, uh-huh. you know, get in here, you're done, get out next. It's not really like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on this. And we'll be talking to uh, Representative Hyatt on Thursday about this. So we'll see what happens next. All right, Jan. We'll go on back to our snip, dip, tuck, tuck, and all that stuff. And by the way, if, <laughs> you, have any, uh, if you have any spare horse tranquilizer, you know, I wouldn't mind, a, you know, a sample. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to keep that in mind. What kind of animals don't you treat? <laughs> Snakes. <laughs> you don't do reptiles. You don't do farm animals, right? Well, I used to do lots of farm animals. How about that? I just kind of got away from it. I did lots of horses and cows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have an associate here that does do reptiles. So we pretty much have it covered. What is the strangest animal anybody anybody ever brought in? Hey, can you fix my squirrel or something like that? Uh, squirrels aren't strange. <laughs> you haven't seen the one outside my house. But then again, <laughs> you don't know what I'm feeding them. But what's the strangest thing anybody brought in? Oh, gosh. Probably a snake that I thought was a dog, and they had the chart. It said it hadn't eaten in a month, and the last visit it hadn't eaten in two months. And I'm thinking it must have been already passed away. Turned out it was a snake. Oh, my. You could, <laughs> could even tell. Yeah. Well, one time I had a guy from Magnolia uh, Plantation come on. I had uh, Snake Man Snake Man Winters come on and put a tarantula on my arm. I said, it's not going to bite me, is it? He goes, no, it's not hungry. It only eats about once a week. I said, when's the last time you fed it? It was about a week ago. (laughs) So thanks. And it's looking at me like, "Uh lunch. And I'm like, get this thing off me. But uh, that's a specialist thing. If you have a snake or some kind of critter, you have to call the Serpentarium or something, man. Don't be bringing your snake to the the vet. (laughs) Oh, no, that's not true. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't. we, we We actually have them come in here, and Dr. Nunn does see those. Really? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Um, yeah, between the two of us, we cover most of the pocket pets. Um, we pocket do everything pets. but birds right now, pretty much. Uh, we get some exotic cats coming in. Please tell me no possums. Uh, not recently, no. I hate those. I know, I know a guy. They're that, really cute when they're babies. I know, yeah, I, yeah, I know a guy went in Tampa that brought a bat to a vet and ended up getting a fine because you can't have a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to work with a, a clinic that uh, the doctor that I worked for actually had an electric eel until he found out he wasn't supposed no. to. So or a gator. To relocate him. You can't have a pet gator. Uh, They're not pets. No, well, he did. Jeez, all right. <laughs> Can you fix my aardvark? I mean, this is not happen. It's a world I don't know about. All right, Dr. Jan, well, uh, good luck and uh, fight the government. That's all I can tell you is I try to. Thank you, Rocky. I appreciate it. All right, that's Jan from Creekside Veterinarian.